Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Good morning, afternoon. Welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a daily podcast about the Kansas City Royals, hosted by me, a guy on the internet with a microphone who calls himself Lux. That's what I tell people. Here's your post-game recap for April 27th, 2022. The Kansas City Royals were defeated by the Chicago White Sox by a score of 3-7. The Royals fall to a 6-10 record, while the White Sox improve to 7-10 on the season. The winning pitcher is Bennett Sosa, who now has a 1-0 and record and a 5.14 ERA on the season. Hold credited to Jose Ruiz, his fifth, and Kendall Graveman recorded his first save of the year. So this was a rare bullpen L for today. That's kind of what it came down to. Um... And perhaps maybe it was Mike Matheny's tryharding that got in the way of the Royals having a good game. Is that the reason maybe Scott Barlow just had a mistake pitch? Maybe that was it? Yeah, I just looked at that highlight, and uh, that that is not a very good pitch, Mr. Barlow. I'm not entirely sure what the deal with that is. That's just a fastball right up in the middle of the zone, and Andrew Vaughn crushed that for a three-run home run, which broke the tie. A tie that the Royals had to kind of scratch and claw to get because they were up against Dylan Cease today. Cease has been off to a pretty decent start for the White Sox, but apparently he's actually been a Royals killer when uh, playing in their own ballpark. Apparently he's come into this game with a sub-1 ERA against the Royals at home, uh, home for the White Sox, of course. So I didn't realize that. Uh, So that's interesting, but he certainly pitched like it, at least at first. His first few innings were perfect. Literally. They were literally perfect. Actually, I think his first four innings were perfect. I think the fifth inning is when he gave up a walk to... Santana, I believe it was. So that was the first base runner we had, but it didn't amount to anything. However, things started to kind of unravel for him in the sixth inning as Edward Olivares started the inning off pretty nicely with an infield single. It was a pretty good infield single. It wasn't a bunt. It was not a bunt. He swung at that pitch, just made some very weak contact. That was really, really difficult to field. The old Kansas City Royals way. I was very proud of him was very happy to see that. And, you know, seeing that, it's like, okay, hopefully this will be the start of something. Maybe we can get something going here. And indeed we did. Nicky Lopez, who is now back in the leadoff spot, fortunately, drew a walk, which was great. 
So awesome. So now you got two guys on with one out because Michael A. Taylor struck out. Unfortunately, he was he was our number nine hitter. And then who do we have up to bat? Whit Merrifield. We were just talking about Whit Merrifield, weren't we? And I was talking about how bad Whit Merrifield is and how much I uh would rather not see him in the lineup for a day, maybe two, you know. And seeing two guys on base, one out, Whit Merrifield up to bat, this is probably the least excited I've ever been with Whit Merrifield at the plate. Whit Merrifield at the plate, I'm, I'm really dreading it. I'm like, oh boy, what is he going to do this time? Is he going to strike out? Is he going to ground or do a double play? Oh man, my expectations could not be any lower than this moment. It could have been anyone else. It could be literally anyone else up to bat, and I would have higher expectations. I would expect something, maybe with the exception of Adalberto Modesty, but he's not here today. He was not in the lineup today. I don't think he's going to have a prolonged uh, stint. I don't think he's going to the IL. It seems that he's just had some kind of sore knee or whatever. So maybe he'll be, maybe he was benched today or yesterday rather as a bit of a precaution and he'll be back today. Maybe he'll take the today off as well. Who knows? But in any case, he wasn't in the lineup. So I don't have low expectations from Odyssey. I just have low expectations for Wet Merrifield because they said, what was it? It was his 485th game in a row, which is, you know, it's nice and impressive and cute, but uh, he's not playing well. So I don't think he deserves to continue that streak. What good does playing 500 games in a row do if you're not playing well? In any case, point is, like I said, couldn't have lower expectations for anybody. Couldn't have lower expectations for Whit Merrifield. So what does he do? What does he do today? What does he do this time? He drops a ball into shallow right field. This absolutely gorgeous bloop. As if he just picked up the ball, ran over to a spot in the field, and then put it there. Just placed it right there. No one could get it. No one could reach it. No one could catch it. No one could do anything about it. Olivares scores from second. It's perfect. Whit Merrifield. He did it. He did something productive today. Oh my goodness. It was so wonderful. That was our first run. So fortunately, Dylan Cease literally goes from no hitter to two guys on base and one run given up in one inning. You love to see it. I love to see it. And then right after that, Andrew Benintendi comes up. And Andrew Benintendi is the freaking GOAT right now. He is the American League MVP front runner as far as I'm concerned. I don't care if it's you know 15 games in the season, whatever, man. He's hitting so well. This man is hitting 379. His average went down today. His average went down today because he only had one hit. He got one hit and that made his average down for the season. What did he do today? Well, he basically did the same thing that Whit Merrifield did. Just bloops one into the left field. Except 
right in front of Andrew Vaughn, as if to make fun of him. He couldn't catch it. He he made an effort. He made a he made a valiant effort, but he couldn't get this thing. Benintendi did it perfectly, and that scores Nicky Lopez. Now it's two runners scored, three to two game at this point. Unfortunately, the inning ends there. Uh, Salvi strikes out. Unfortunate. Uh, Carlos Santana walks, which cool, great. It was an intentional walk, but he was already up three to nothing, so it was a pity intentional walk for Dylan Cease just to make him not waste pitches. I mean, he was going to walk Santana most likely. Except if he didn't intentionally walk him, then it would have been like an extra five foul balls or whatever. Just a few extra pitches. This guy was coming up uh, on 100 pitches. You know, I, I I respect the move. Smart decision. And then we got Hunter Dozier. And Hunter Dozier strikes out. Dozier. Not good. Not good. Not pretty. Not a good day for Mr. Dozier. He struck out three times today. Hmm. You know, at least today, he played first base and Santana was DHing. They should at least do this. Santana should not be playing first base. Give it to Dozier if you must. Just, I mean, Santana probably shouldn't be in the lineup, but at least today he took two walks. So, there's something that he did. He has an on-base of 281, despite the fact that he's hitting 109. <laughs> so at least he's doing something. Uh, yeah, I guess. But in any case, that's all we could get out of Dylan C's. He left the game after because he was at 100 pitches. So, not too bad, all things considered. You know, you went from no hitter to two runs on the board. Uh, wish you Wish they were as patient today, or yesterday rather, as they were the day before. But... At least it was starting to pay off a little bit, being patient once again, because Cease was all over the place that inning. So hopefully that momentum would carry over into the late game as we get into their bullpen. And it starts to look like it can. Seventh inning comes up. Bobby Witt leads off. Stupid-ass Southsiders are yelling, Witt can't hit. Witt can't hit. Wait, can't hit. Bobby Witt Jr. singles in the center field. So, nice chant. Idiots. Uh, then, we got a stolen base. Witt steals second. Just a flex on him. Great job. Then, the pitcher box. So, now it's on. Now he's on third with one out. Olivares flies out. Michael A. Taylor walks. Great job. Nicky Lopez. Gets hit by a pitch. He very clearly leans into it a little bit. I mean, like he does. He absolutely does. But not to an an egregious degree. An egregious degree? Yeah, okay. Because in in a way, it's like you can tell he leans in, but it still kind of looks like he might just be grasping the bat, just getting ready to swing a little bit. You know, he kind of disguises it as that. Uh, you know, I, you can tell what he was doing. I'm not, you know, saying, oh, who knows? No, that's what he did. That's what he did. He made it look like he was about to take a swing, but he did kind of lean into the pitch a little bit. But you got to do what you got to do, you know? 
If you're able to lean into the pitch, you shouldn't be throwing a pitch like that. How about that? That's a skill issue right there. That's what I call it. I'm saying skill issue a lot. I'm just going to be like a toxic Twitter guy. I'm just going to post skill issue whenever there's some uh, some salt going about. Like all those near home runs that we see at Coffin Stadium. Someone can't hit it out of Coffin Stadium. You know what? That is a skill issue right there. Of course, it doesn't. this doesn't apply to our own guys because Edward Olivares, man, he was so close to a home run today. I should actually check the uh, the Twitter account that posts the uh, the home runs as if uh, will they be home runs or not? Because man, it was so close. I fell for this guy. Um, but in any case, it wasn't. It was a near home run, but it wasn't a home run. Um, it was cold though. Well, it's not a skill issue. It was just cold. It doesn't have anything about it. Maybe it wasn't a home run anywhere. It's probably whatever. In any case, poor Ollie. He was so close to getting one today. But he didn't. It's unfortunate. Um, I think that was in the seventh inning as well. But we got the bases loaded. Thanks to Nicky Lopez getting a little cheeky. And then, once again, Whit Merrifield's up to bat. Oh, Whit Merrifield, can you do it again? Can you get, can we get two hit wit? No, we can't get two hit wit today. But he does get a sack fly. And you know what? I'll take that. Because he got that RBI single earlier. You know what? Whit Merrifield is off the hook for today. I still think he should probably, I, I still disagree with him being in the lineup yesterday. And probably today. But you can't take him out of the lineup today after he did something. After he actually put two runs on the board. So, at least he at least he made contact with the ball and got it into the outfield. That's something we're not seeing a lot of with Whit Merrifield right now. So, that's good. I would say today was a pretty big improvement over what we've seen with Whit Merrifield this year. But unfortunately, that will be about it for this game because after that uh you know I was I was confident I was really confident because now it's a tie game Royals did a great job coming back but they immediately gave that gave uh they immediately gave those runs back you know we we did so well coming back from from 0 and 3 to 3 to 3 but then the bullpen just uh they just blow it honestly at first, you know, Colin Snyder comes out, and I'm liking Colin Snyder, really enjoying him. Uh, he gets a good strikeout on Reese McGuire after Reese McGuire flips his bat at what he thinks is ball four, but is actually strike two. Freaking idiot. How's that? Strikes out. Yeah, flip your bat at that, nerd. And Adam Engel grounds out. Great job. You're almost there, buddy. And then two hits in a row. Two hits in a row. And then immediately, Mike Matheny brings out Scott Barlow. And in one pitch, Scott Barlow gives up a three-run home run. Awesome. You know, again, it's a, it's a, it was a bad pitch from Barlow just in general. So you, the, the blame can go to him. 
But also, it's kind of like... I don't know. Do you blame Matheny for this one? Because... It is pretty try-hard of him to go to his best reliever immediately in this situation. But, I mean, the guy did give up two hits in a row. And he's coming up at the heart of the order, basically. I don't know. Is it a, it was, was it a wrong move to to pull Snyder in that in that moment? Was it? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm actually not sure if it was really all that bad of a decision. And going to Barlow. Maybe maybe Barlow at the end of the day just messed it up for us. And that's just kind of uh, what it comes down to. Because Barlow's going to mess up every now and then. Everyone's going to mess up every now and then. It happens. And then we gave up another run in the eighth. Jake Brents pitched the eighth. Jake Brents is back, everybody. Woo. The broadcast gave this very powerful story about how you know, he feels responsible, he feels bad about what happened on Saturday, and he's talking about, like, no, the Mariners didn't beat me, I let them, I beat myself, and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, th- those things are all nice, all right? Jake Brent seems like a great guy, and I, I respect him, and I appreciate that. But if you're not pitching well, you're not pitching well, buddy. And today he wasn't pitching well. He immediately comes in and... He's not throwing strikes whatsoever. Like, he doesn't look any better than on Saturday. I guess, well, I guess that's a lie because he didn't walk four batters in a row. But, man, it almost looked like he was on on his way to doing that at first. It was uh, was pretty ugly. So he gives up a walk immediately. Then he gives up a hit to Jake Berger, who I have a bit of a rant on in a minute. And then then he gets a double play and a strikeout. But unfortunately, the double play ended up being a run because Grandal was on third base when that happened. He was advanced to third by the single. So, one run to Jake Brents, another walk from Jake Brents. I, I'm not impressed, personally. I'm really not. I, it's not. It's not enough for me at this point. It's not enough to make up for what happened last time. I still think he should be in AAA. I think that when they when rosters shrink, it's going to be him on the chopping block. Who else? Not entirely sure. But Jake Brents, I think, should be the first name to be scratched off this roster when the, the rosters shrink. I don't even know when that's going to happen. It might be tomorrow or today. I don't know. Whatever. That aside, you know, that sucks. Um, Zach Greinke was our starter. And Zach Greinke was fine. Um... The Sox were kind of hitting the crap out of the ball, but fortunately, it was only limited to five hits, three runs. He was actually getting strikeouts. He was getting some called strikes. He got four strikeouts today. This man has had two strikeouts all season. Suddenly, he has four today. Look out for Zach Greinke. But most importantly, three runs, six innings. Quality start. It's a quality start. You can't complain about it. You can't say anything about it. Greinke and, you know, going... The, the, more importantly than anything, going six innings is what we want from Greinke. We want this guy to come in and eat innings. Kind of like, that's why we had Mike Miner last year. And Mike Miner is a... I don't know if I shared this on the podcast, but um, Mike Miner has not pitched this season. Um, Apparently he's injured, and they have no idea when he's going to come back. <laughs> like, that was... 
man, this is like the the rudest trade I think we've made like ever. We just dropped Mike Miner off somewhere and then rescued Amir Garrett, who loves pitching here. Like he's been talking about how he just kind of lost passion in Cincinnati, but regained it here. And they're paying Miner's entire salary. Why are they do? And because of that, we got to sign Zach Granke. What? How? Why did they do that? What is wrong with Cincinnati's front office? What is wrong with Cincinnati in general? Man, that is so weird. Why? <laughs> it's just a, the perfect situation. In any case, Granke, he did his job. He pitched six innings. Six full innings. He could have maybe even gone on for a seventh inning, but... I don't know. I guess they didn't feel like it. Uh, maybe you know what? I guess it's fine that he, that they, that they didn't send him out in the seventh inning because yeah, well, he was kind of dealing in in the mid game because Granky gave up a, a run in the second and then the third and the fourth. He settled down really nicely in the fifth and the sixth, and I would even say after giving up a run or so in the fourth as well. After a Jake Berger home run in the fourth. Yeah, he's, he immediately retires nine batters in a row. So he was dealing, and he was only at 80 pitches. But I guess because the White Sox were kind of getting some really hard contact off of him, maybe Matheny just didn't want to risk uh, that for another inning. He did his job. Six innings of work. You don't have to use the bullpen so much. Just let the bullpen take care of it. Bullpen's been great. Didn't work today. It's unfortunate, but it'll, it'll happen every now and then. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but it's not like the the end of the world or anything. It's not really all that bad of a game. And, you know, it kind of sucks. Feels like it was a winnable game, but you know, after that Scott Barlow home run, it's like, yeah, it was just it was just you can see this offense deflate, and it's like, you know, the White Sox send out Kendall Graveman, and it's like, okay, game's over. No one cares anymore. Uh, well. But there were still some decent things that happened. You know, Granky going six innings is great. Merrifield getting a hit and a couple RBIs is great. Uh, Benintendi still hitting well. Bobby got another hit today. Olivares did well. Uh, it's great to see that Olivares is finally getting some starts in this lineup. You love to see that. Um, and my fi- the, the thing I wanted to mention about Jake Berger before we go, because I kind of mentioned him. Um, for some reason... The Royals just have to have some guy just bully them every series, every single series, with the one exception being the twin series. I don't think there was anyone in particular on the twin in the twins lineup that was really harassing the Royals. But every single series, there's just some guy. Like, and it's usually someone completely random that no one even knows about, and he just destroys us for no reason. Because an opening series was Stephen Kwan. Stephen Kwan and his amazing freaking 800 average, which, by the way, you know, if if you were still if you're still worried about Stephen Kwan, he is like not hit at all since then. <laughs> Turns out the Royals just pitched really, really badly to him. But I think I've mentioned that before. But yeah, look at his stats now; they're not as impressive anymore. In any case, uh, still though, it was a, that was a nightmare watching that. I, I was in hell watching that. I couldn't stand it. That was that was just torturous. 
Um, but then the then the then the Tigers with Jamer Candelario, who's never really been worth anything, suddenly making every defensive stop imaginable. That was annoying. And then go to Seattle, Ty France getting a hit every minute or something. What did he have like I don't know, he felt like he had twenty hits in that series. Ridiculous. And now with this White Sox series, it's Jake Berger. Jake Berger, I think, has had two multi, two multi-hit games in a row. I think he had two hits the first game, and today he had two hits, including a home run. Why? Jake Berger is not good. This is like their backup. Who, who, who is this guy? I don't even know who this guy is. I don't even know what position he plays. Looking at, I'm looking at the roster right now, and I can't even find him. He's just so unnoticeable. Who is this man? He had three hits today. Why did he have three hits today? Who is this guy and why is he getting hits on us? Why why, why do we have to get bullied by completely random no-name players? You had two hits on the first game as well. Can we stop with this? Can we go one series, aside from the twin series, I know we got whatever, but can we go another series without getting harassed like this? I would really appreciate it if that wouldn't happen anymore. So let's hope that this final game against the White Sox will uh, put an end to Jake Berger's reign of terror on the Royals. Hopefully we can get a, a dub out of this. I would really love to take two games from the Sox. I feel like we should. We should be able to. And, you know, if there's any game where we can look that we can look at, any upcoming game on the schedule that we can look at and say, hey, maybe this game, maybe this one, the Royals could win. I think it, it could be, it gives the Royals the highest chance of winning. It's when Brad Keller starts. And Brad Keller is going to start today up against Michael Kopech, who has been off to a fantastic start. He has a sub-1 ERA after three games started, 14 innings. This man has an ERA plus of, and just for the record, uh, 100 is league average for ERA plus. This man, uh, his ERA plus is 579. So, um, have fun, Royals. Just, you know, do what you did with Dylan Cease, you know? You're going to get your asses kicked for the first few innings, okay? But just stay strong, be a little patient, and eventually you'll 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 find a weakness. Or at the very least, wear him out so that he won't be able to pitch anymore. And then you can beat up on the bullpen cuz the White Sox bullpen has been it's been kind of a uh, been kind of rough except for Kendall Graveman. That guy is a uh, like that's their one guy, basically. Everyone else, though, you, you can have at it. So, or maybe, hopefully, Kopech will just not have it today. Well, I don't want to say that. No, I'm not going to give that. I'm not. I'm not going to jinx myself like that. No, it, go go in expecting Michael Kopech to be the Cy Young of the American League, okay? And just handle it appropriately. Just be patient. Take a few pitches. Make him throw, and just have him out by the seventh inning. And things will be fine. And Brad Keller, you just got to trust in Brad Keller. We've got Brad Keller in the cold weather. No one's doing anything to him. Maybe I shouldn't send bad vibes on on that as well. Oh, no, Brad Keller's going to give up 20 innings in the first four innings, guys. No, they're going to hit so many home runs because it's going to be so warm and hot in... Chicago and this lineup, it's really going to catch fire all of a sudden. Oh, no. Eh, whatever. In any case, 
looking forward to that. It should be a very quiet game on offense for both sides. Hopefully, though, we can come away with the series win, which I would really like because we're going up against the Yankees team that is red hot this weekend. And uh, I would like that to not be uh, terrible for us. But whatever happens, we'll talk about it on the Royal Deluxe Podcast. So that's going to do it for me. Uh, I would love to hear from you at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter or Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. That's where you can contact me and yell at me about whatever. And also, shout out to KC Royals, r slash KC Royals, the Royal subreddit that I moderate. I'm always in the game threads, talking to people. It's a lot of fun. Check it out if you're not on there already. Thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day, and I hope you're having a good one. I'm Lux. Go Royals.